One thing that I, I guess will settle at some point is where Lamar Jackson's going to go. I don't know. It's been dragging on forever. It's driving people nuts in Baltimore. People are tired of the story. But there were two teams that were kind of thrown around over the last couple of days. The Vikings and the Colts as maybe potential teams that could be interested. Well, Alec Lewis covers the Vikings for The Athletic, and he jumps on with us now. And you, know, you wrote about this at The Athletic, Alec, and I just kind of want to get sort of your big-picture thoughts because I read it. I think It's great, and I think you laid out perfectly why it would make sense, but also at the same time why financially is what it always comes down to, right? Money and salary cap and all those things, why it wouldn't. But what's interesting to me is, like, we I know you only have one more year left in Kirk Cousins' contract. Doesn't that alone just basically say, like, they can't really move him. So is there any chance that this even could come together? Yeah, well, first, thank you guys for having me. It's a fascinating thing. I mean, when, when the Vikings were first suggested, and I think it was executives had talked about the possibility of the Vikings being a dark horse. I don't think there was any reporting behind it. I didn't add any reporting to it uh, beyond just really laying out why, to your exact point, why I think in some ways it does make sense and why it doesn't. As far as... Kirk Cousins, you're right. His contract only goes through 23 at the moment. Um, I think an extension is still possible at this point. Uh, I, I'm not reporting anything there, but it, if the two sides were to come together, then I think that would be um, one thing that, that would <laughs> obviously uh, propel Lamar Jackson elsewhere. But I think another facet of it is, is, like you mentioned, the money situation that the Vikings have right now. From a salary cap perspective, it's been really tough sledding. It's why they had to release Adam Thielen. It's why they released Eric Kendricks, two longtime contributors uh, to this organization. So, um, yeah, it, it would be really, really tough to work out. I think I wrote um, Rob Brzezinski, who kind of mans the salary cap for the Vikings, would kind of warrant a gold medal in gymnastics if he were to be able to kind of work that contract into the fold, considering everything the Vikings have had to deal with. Yeah, and I love Lamar, but I think the you know the problem for the Vikings, the defensive side of the ball, anytime you give up 300 yards to Daniel Jones twice in the same season, I think that's a big issue. I wanted to actually ask you about Zadarius Smith because we kind of saw the same thing in Green Bay. He got upset. There was something going on when he wasn't named a captain. And there, I feel like there was something going on in Minnesota, and now he doesn't want to be back. We'll see if he changes his mind in another week. He does that. Uh, what's going on with Zadarius Smith? Where do you think he plays next year? Because, you know, Minnesota, you don't want to lose too many guys on the defensive side of the ball, especially pass rushers. Yeah, no, it's a fascinating situation. He, I believe, in the first nine weeks of the season was one of the most elite pass rushers in the league by far. Yeah. And I think it surprised a lot of people considering the contract and the way it was laid out. Um and in the second half of the season, Zadarius Smith's production just totally fell off a cliff. I think he had a half sack in the final nine weeks of the season. So you're right. It's been an interesting kind of saga in some ways. In week 18 um, against the Chicago Bears, he didn't show up. And he was there, but he did not dress out. And yep. He might not have dressed out anyway, but um, just the way the whole thing played out was a little odd. And then recently he put out a tweet that was like, Thank you to the Vikings. But I do know this. I know he has really good relationships with a couple of coaches on staff. So if there was an avenue, I think, to working things out, I think that would be – I think it's possible. I also think the reality is the Vikings have a situation right now where Daniil Hunter has a contract where his base salary is around $5 million. He's probably not going to be playing on that number. Um, so the Vikings have to sort through, I think, multiple facets at edge rusher. Um, moving forward, and Zedarius obviously is a key part of that. 
Yeah, and you look at this Minnesota team, 27th in the league defensively in terms of DVOA. I mean, they were just really, really bad. That's why everyone thought that they were such a fraud pretty much throughout the season when they were winning games. Uh, Who do you think the Vikings look at in the draft in terms of defensively? Do you think they take a, a defender with their first pick? I think it's definitely possible. I mean, it depends what they do. If they feel like quarterback is something they want to try to take their shot at right now, then then that could be an option, I do believe. I mean, I, I think defensively, you could go interior defensive line. You could go at cornerback. You could go linebacker. I mean, you said it, but 27th and DVOA does not happen by one position. It happens, I think, in conjunction with coaching that was subpar, which is why Ed Donatello, defensive coordinator, got fired, and, and playing and performance that was subpar as well. So I think originally cornerback felt like the most probably likely selection at number 23 in the first round. They picked up Byron Murphy recently, which could affect things. So we'll see. But they, they as much depth uh, as possible on that side, I think, is, is what this team needs. And hopefully – I think they believe that Brian Flores' aggressive style will only kind of enhance things further. You know, I look at this Vikings team, and there was, you know, certainly a lot of talent on that offense. It's still amazing to think of how many close games they were in over the last two seasons. It was like every single time, expect them to be within a field goal. It felt like every single week. But it's not just like the Justin Jefferson, who's one of the most dynamic, if not the best receivers in the NFL. Dalvin Cook, when he's healthy, is one of the best running backs in the NFL. But now he's starting to get up there a little bit. 27 years old, ran for almost 1,200 yards this past year and eight touchdowns. But we know in the NFL, it's a very short shelf life when it comes to running backs. You start to hear at least some rumblings of like, maybe they move on. Maybe they start to look for his replacement. What's the future of Dalvin Cook in Minnesota? It's a question we're trying to figure out. It's a great one. I mean, you mentioned his injury past, but these last two years, he's kind of played through a shoulder that he got actually operated on at the end of last season, this past season. Um, and so at his cap number with his age, given the Vikings general managers, now Kwesi Adolfo Mensu, who is a very analytically minded, analytically savvy general manager, um, it's it's in terms of positional value and, and, and the way this league is trended, it's hard to imagine they pay a guy like Dalvin Cook at that number, to be honest. They also just recently, last week, signed, re-signed Alexander Madison on a pretty hefty number who was the backup. So um, I said it. I think we're all trying to figure out kind of if Dalvin's going to be back, um, what that looks like if he is, and if not, is it going to be via trade or what have you? I mean, they've, they've done some things cap-wise to maneuver without cutting a guy like Dalvin Cook or trading him for whatever it might be. So we'll see kind of how that plays out. I think we're all watching it as as things kind of drift towards the draft. Everything's obviously going to change in the NFC North. The first time in two decades, Aaron Rodgers will be gone. But it's crazy looking at the betting market because you see the Lions as the favorites, actually, plus 135. Even though the Vikings won the division last year, they're plus 300. They still have Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, we think. Uh, the Bears are plus 300. Do you think, and then the Packers, plus 450, which is just crazy. Do you think that the Lions should be favored to win the NFC North? Would you still make the Vikings the favorites? I know, obviously, we still have free agency in the draft to go, but what, what they have right now on paper, do you think they should still be favored? No, I think the Lions being, Lions being favored makes fit, makes sense, especially with what they've done on the back end of their secondary. I mean, with yeah. bringing in Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley and Chauncey Gardner-John, like, those are big additions, and I think – 
Um, I go back to these two games against Detroit that the Vikings played this year. Both really came down to the wire. Detroit and the game they won in Detroit, I mean, just looked really good. And and I, I think what they've built, um, it's, it, it's very interesting. The fact that they kept Ben Johnson as their offensive coordinator, I think it's a really key element of it all. So I, I, I totally understand why they're favored. But I also think the reason that the division is as much of a toss-up as it still is is why the Vikings haven't totally stripped this thing down to the studs and 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 really kind of tanked and, and to use that word. I mean, I think they see this division still as an opportunity if they can maximize coaching like Kevin O'Connell did this past year and succeed situationally. So it's it's. I was talking to somebody today. It's going to be fascinating to see kind of what the Bears look like, like and then just how, it sh- how the division all shakes out. You know, you brought up like a tank, and I think what Green Bay is doing when you think about it might be smart, actually, because Aaron Rodgers, it's probably time to move on. They could kind of rebuild on the fly if they could fix that defense with their run game. But do you think Minnesota, like I saw the latest mock draft with Will Levis possibly, they move up, they get Will Levis, or he falls to them. Do you think it should be time to rebuild on the fly, or do you think, I mean, even with the division being bad, you know, I mean, are they on the same level as a San Francisco or even a Philadelphia? Do you think maybe they should look to rebuild, or do you think they should run it back one more year? It's a great question. And I think what they're trying to do is kind of run it back while being younger and giving themselves more flexibility. And so I kind of, I mean, I, I can understand why. Again, you mentioned the division. You mentioned what happened this past year. Now, there were so many one-score games. And like I mentioned, the general manager is as analytically minded as he is. So he's totally understanding of the variance that goes with this game. But I, I, I think what they're doing is um, – it probably it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I really think it does. I think it's really challenging, I think, to operate this way and, and try to compete and kind of thread the needle while, while kind of plucking a quarterback somewhere along the line if they do happen to move on from Kirk Cousins. I think that's challenging, and I think you leave yourselves very little margin for error, but um, that's, that's kind of this league and this game. It is challenging. It is you don't have much margin for error and, and you have to kind of lean on variance. So to kind of, I, I think it's going to be fascinating. Ryan Poles was brought in the same time as Quasi Adolfo Mitza. Ryan Poles did strip it down to the suds to kind of watch these two teams go at team building differently, kind of right alongside each other. Um, it's just going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah. I'm really interested, uh, Alec, on what they do at wide receiver, uh, because obviously you let Adam Thielen go, who was a staple slot guy for many years they were rumored to be going after Miko Hardman you still have KJ Osborne there like what is the future outside of Justin Jefferson uh, for the Vikings uh, in terms of pass catchers yeah it's a great question I mentioned that first round pick at 23 I mean I think there have been some who have talked about the receiver being a spot even even that high just considering the Vikings options I mean they brought in TJ Hawkinson and acquired him really to be their number two receiver last year. I mean, that's really what he became throughout the back half of that season, and it really kind of unlocked Justin Jefferson deep down the field. And, and so I think they do have a lot of faith in K.J. Osborne, but he's not the burner kind of um, guy who's going to pull defensive like safeties and quarterbacks away from Justin Jefferson. And, and, I mean, I think Kevin O'Connell at the Combine cited this stat that was like we were getting defended – with two high safeties and, and safety help over the top on Justin Jefferson 65% of the time in the second half of the season. So the attention that dude was getting, understandably and, and probably rightfully, 
um, is something that I think the Vikings really have looked at and will continue to look at in terms of how they can use that information, knowing how defenses are counteracting them and kind of um, progress and, and evolve from, from knowing that's how they are going to get defended. There's, there's a few really fast wide receivers in this draft. The one that I see uh, that could be an option, Jalen Hyatt. No, can't have him. Can't have him. <laughs> who, who would be, uh, in your estimation, Alec, the, the fit at wide receiver at 23, considering the need of, of a speedster? Yeah, Hyatt's fascinating, and I'm, I apologize if that's taking your guy. I'm from Alabama. No, I, saw I like him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> saw what he did uh, against yeah. Alabama this year. But, no, I think, like, Quentin Johnson's a guy, I think, whose name has been thrown out there for sure. I mean, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigbo. Like, if I go back to the first mock draft, I think I saw this for this entire cycle. I think it was Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigbo to the Vikings at 23. Will that happen? Um, Will he fall that far? We shall see. But I think there are options. Obviously, if you've studied this draft, it's not the most loaded wide receiver draft, but we'll see. Um, I do think there, there are options there that, that could pique the Vikings' interest for sure. He's... We only got about 20 seconds, actually. What do you think happens with Mike Zimmer? <laughs> Mike's – look, I, I wasn't around for his entire time here. I know he's a, I know he's a defensive wizard. I've talked to four players who, who revere him and his, um, his defensive schematics. And there's a lot that went on, but I think he'll get a shot because of what he knows defensively. Yikes. <laughs> Alec Lewis, The Athletic. Appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I love you just ended with yikes. He's buddies. Yeah. So, yeah. like, my father-in-law, he knows Mike Zimmer. He tells um, me this every time he's here. He reminds me. He's like, you know, me and Mike Zimmer, we grew up together. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah. You, you tell me that every time. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think Mike Zimmer, great defensive mind, was a great mm -hmm. defensive mind. But if he's such a great defensive mind, why is the Vikings defense just regress every year? And I know Kevin O'Connell's there now, but... uh I think also, he, I yeah, think in the Mike, out. last Mike Zimmer year, they were actually 28th in DVOA. They've gotten better by one yes. spot since he yes. left. Yeah, exactly. He's got a pretty good-looking girlfriend, though, so shout-out to Mike Zimmer. Uh, listen, that's a crabby that, guy, that, but that makes, he's made millions. Smoke and, show. And good he's well got for that, himself. So it sounds like a pretty good life, honestly.